it's too much. Welcome to Port City Catholic. Oh, welcome. Back in the house. We are, we are. Jennifer Fabrizi, Father Aaron Knox, Divine Alan. Mercy Catholic, no. <laughs> Divine Mercy edition of Port City Catholic. In case you don't know, the Divine Mercy thing, it uh, is the second Sunday of Easter. It was a feast that was promulgated by John Paul II. Uh, through the reflection on the work of a saint, Saint Faustina, from Poland, who sort of put together this, by the Lord's um, invitation and direction, not only a, a, a method of prayer, but also a painting that goes along with the, uh, with the method. It was a painting of Christ. It was kind of an image that was given by the Lord. And um, it's of Christ uh, pointing towards his heart, and out of his heart is coming rays of red and white. Um, red being a, a symbolic of blood, white being symbolic of the waters of baptism. And this whole um, devotion began in Poland. It's pretty fantastic to think of it. I mean, St. Faustina, I was telling the kids in catechism this morning, St. Faustina was a nun, a cloistered nun. Um, in a small um, convent in Poland, which had, or well, possible well, it would have been modern day Lithuania, but um, but at the time, I mean, it was that country had just had years of just being ruled by other countries. It, it, his, Poland wasn't even a country at that time, right? Um, and I mean, the chances of um, anything of import being transmitted from a place like that into the wider world is quite astounding. So Jesus appeared to her, this nun who didn't have any real contact with the outside world other than her confessor, um, and told her that he wanted her to paint this, have this picture painted, and he wanted her to to spread the Divine Mercy devotion around the world, and he wanted her to make sure that there would be this feast on on this very day, the second Sunday of Easter. That's right. So there's two things. There's this whole movement with um, Faustina. Faustina? Faustina. Sister Faustina. Faustina. Anyway, so her whole thing. And then many years later, many, many years later, John Paul II institutes a feast Mm -hmm. by the same name as that devotion. Yeah. On the day. Yeah, on the day that Jesus had... Right. told Faustina. And yeah. so when Peter, when the Pope of the entire church um, makes a move like that and calls it the exact name of that devotion, uh, I think it's fair to say that that really brought the, what would you call it, higher. The, the status, visibility the attention. Or, right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Really brought it. Uh, yeah. It, you know, and she, there's already devotion to uh, her. She left some writings to this divine mercy she she left a journal mm-hmm. right yeah. under her her director her spiritual director and confessor instructed her to record and and like he gets the royalties as the spiritual director i i think the stockbridge people no. get it right the divine okay. <laughs> no, i'm kidding <laughs> i don't know no i was just thinking I i'm not a spiritual director but that'd be cool if if yes. the same person and i got the royalties but anyway you might you might get your name in the same books that would be treasure in heaven father treasure in heaven ah yeah, we'll work on that for you. You can't worry. buy a truck in heaven. Who needs? You, don't, you can just like run as fast as a truck in heaven. 
You can run up water up. I'm so walls. glad you said that, but it's not. I think you're. That's what happened in the end of Narnia. You shouldn't do that. You shouldn't tell your kids like, "Hey, kids," um, and then just make stuff up like that. You I'm, can I'm, run as fast as a truck. I am referring to in Narnia in the last battle. Okay, I totally always, take it back if it's in Narnia. It's in Narnia, they were running up yes, the Lewis, waterfalls. Yes, I love you. They're running up waterfalls because they could just do that kind of thing. I'm not saying that's a definite happens and happen, but I'm saying I'm just I'm just you know. Go ahead, theologians, going, challenge just, us yeah, out I, there if you think we're wrong. I was just kind of going with C.S. Lewis. Uh, you know who? Who? What do I know? Uh, anyways, <laughs> so but so divine mercy, right? Yeah. So, um, divine mercy. So. I was telling the kids again today, um, I'll just rehash my catechism lesson because it was brilliant. Nice and loud. I'll rehash my catechism lesson from this Sorry. morning. Um, actually, <laughs> father's choking on his water. I know. We're trying to make sure this is loud enough. We're worried about our, <laughs> our crap phones. Apparently we're a little echoey. We're down to one phone. We're down to one phone. Yeah, we've had some, some tech, <laughs> we had technical some issues. issues. We, had some, we had mutiny. <laughs> we had some... <laughs> <laughs> we need divine mercy tonight, let me tell you. Um, okay, so... So anyways, one of my students, as we were talking about um, mercy, we were, we were talking about... Um, what grade level is this? This is from kindergarten to grade eight. We do a whole... Boy, Jen, that's a pretty big... Uh, we, the, do, we do whole yeah, group do catechism part. together, right. and then we separate into small groups, and it works well. So, cool. Um, so this boy who was saying this was probably grade five, um, five or six, I'm trying to remember. There were two boys who kind of were leading this conversation and this thought. So way to go, guys. Um, we were talking about mercy being when you realize you owe something really big and you can't pay it off and the person you owe just says, no, don't worry about it. You're good. You're fine. And what a relief that would be. And so we're talking about how we, you know. Our parents are so mercy. Well, parents are, yeah. Parents yeah. are supposed to model mercy to their kids for sure. But talking about how, you know, we, God wants us to know that his love for us is mercy. We don't deserve it. We can't pay for it. We can't earn it, right? His gift of eternal life. Wait, his... wait, 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 wait. Break that. What are you saying? Newsflash for you. Newsflash for you. No, I mean, we can't, we don't, we could never pay the debt of our sin ourselves. We could never earn our way into heaven like jesus says who is good right it's by it's god's invitation to us as the father you know we're not we're not the the servants who are trying to earn their keep we are invited in okay. because of yep. our sonship our daughtership right and that's mercy that's that's mercy and that you know that we cannot you know god cannot coexist with sin right if we're wait a minute he cannot coexist with sin well i'm not sure if i'm explaining that well i mean are you questioning me <laughs> or i'm totally questioning okay. what i mean that. is when we're okay so why can't sinners go to heaven why can't unrepentant sinners go to heaven well sinners can go to heaven they're the and only people that do unrepentant sinners unrepentant unrepentant sinners, sinners. you're talking Okay, wait, just go ahead and throw it out. Why can't they? What? Why? Well, part, well, I think part of it is they've rejected God. And so, okay. therefore, God's like, well, dude, you don't want me? So, yeah, you know, he's not going to force us. Your will be done, yeah. Yeah. But, 
Um, I don't think everyone who's an unrepentant sitter necessarily thinks they're rejecting God, right? Um, I mean, to be in can you give me okay heaven give me, to give be me in an heaven exa- a concrete example? Well, in heaven, you have to. You, you have, I mean, that's what purgatory is for, right? Like, you have to get rid of all of those attachments okay, to sin okay, and everything these, else. These, you can't be a sinner in heaven. You can't sin in heaven. All right, but heaven is not exampleable because none of us have been there yet. Okay, well, the... the like, what's your point about point, heaven? Heaven, whatever. Okay, what my point is that God... <laughs> okay. God... I'm poking can't, the tiger. I'm not attempting to poke the tiger. God... I'm not. God doesn't abide sin. Like, he can't abide in us. He can't. Totally. I get. Yes, absolutely. God doesn't. So, and so. So. So the whole thing about. We weren't able to fix that on our own. It had to be God's initiative. Right. So, you know, that is mercy. The God's like, this price has to be paid the sin has to be atoned for there has to be an atonement for my sin for the sin this has to be there has to be um well and i don't know if that's actually no i don't know if i'm actually do you think his attitude would it was like i don't know someone's got to substitutionary atonement sucks I'm going to do it. I'm going to save humanity, but man, this is this really Well, I'm sucks. not sure the whole like substitutionary atonement thing and like that that uh that would be like the Pro- like some Protestant circles would say that, right? Like, well, you know, there's this price to pay and Jesus paid it. And So, so going back to today with the kids. Okay. Something happened today. So what happened today was I said that um I said our forgiveness like we have to what was I saying that the kids said? The kids mentioned Judas. They said, that's what Judas didn't do. So what did I say? I said how we had to have oh, hope. Oh, he didn't welcome We the, had to have hope mercy. in God's mercy right. for us to be forgiven, right? Okay. And um, we can't we can't overcome our sinfulness. We can't overcome original sin on our own. We can't overcome, um, you know, all the offenses to goodness that we've committed on our own we need it's god's invitation that allows us to all right so bridge that gap right let's say for sake of argument this isn't landing for our listeners so what but let's say that what is it that's there's important why do they have to understand why is this important for them to what's important in, is that too broad like uh, what okay, is, so, why is this important you so know, let, like let me to finish, us okay so what, let oh me finish i almost sto- let you finish it okay. no, 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 if i finish the story about judas it might make sense better okay um all right so Judas, after he betrayed our Lord, <laughs> yes. was filled with despair and disgust at what he did. Right? Yes. And he wanted he took the money back and he He was like He was yeah. like, What have I you know, he realized it was wrong and um went back. So he was I guess you could say probably repentant, but he did not but he, he thought, That's it for me and he killed himself. Right. He was so filled with despair. Right? Yes. Now Peter also betrayed the Lord in a much different way. But I don't tra- know if our listeners know that. Don't give the story away. <laughs> yeah. 
we'll give you a second to flap like to, to like flip through your bibles it's the spoiler alert the end part of it it's called the new testament of the gospels <laughs> no but peter, peter was telling totally peter was telling jesus way. oh i will never abandon you surely not me and and jesus said no before the before the rooster crows this morning you will have denied me three times and he's like whatever and that's exactly what happened and so three times he denied the lord um, and then the rooster crowed, and then he ran off to cry because he realized what he had done. Okay, so after after the Lord is risen, but before Peter's aware of this, um, he's like, "Well, I'm just going fishing. I'm going back to my old way of life. I'm going back to fishing. So, guys, let's go fishing, right? I mean." Yeah, I'm adding in the old way of life part. That, that, that's true. I'm not saying making a commentary on that. But they went back to go fishing. And so, you know, when, when, Jesus, first, when Jesus first called Peter and some of the other apostles, they were fishermen. And the first thing he told them was, you know, they, how's the fishing going? And they said, we've caught nothing. Well, and he said, we'll go out and cast on the other side of the boat, right? And they pulled in all these fish. And so basically the, there's a stranger standing on the shore Right. Are you laughing at me or at him? <laughs> oh no! I My, help! <laughs> help! This point? What? Yes. This is it, this point is along. It dying? No. Okay. It's not dying. I just. Okay. Well, no, so anyway, so the point is, Jesus. So you told me to tell the story because apparently you don't think our <laughs> listeners know how to read the Bible, so, or haven't been to church any time in the last forty years. <laughs> So anyways, you all know the story. So they go fishing again, and all of a sudden, like, wow, this is strangely familiar. <laughs> Last time we did this, we caught a whole bunch of fish, too. And they realized that man on the shore was actually you, Jesus. Ta-da! You have to have divine mercy on me right now, because you're going to kill me. <laughs> Bless you, Father, for you have sinned. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I'm just I'm, I'm joking. I'm teasing you, Father. Um, okay, so anyways, but Peter jumped out of the boat, swam to shore, <laughs> even though it wasn't that far. It was like 90 feet, and... He got to the got to the shore. It's a hundred yards. Anyway, was it ninety yes. feet? It was a hundred. It was a hundred or so feet from the shore. Okay, so I said no. I made that up. Okay. Oh, I thought you were correcting me. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were. Anyways, I'm still I'm still stuck at the kid <laughs> during your class that asked about uh, and somehow. <laughs> Somehow it was connected about divine mercy. It is, it is. So Peter, when he finally shows up on the shore. (laughs) Right. So for those of you who are following along, who are following along and they're wearing, it worked with the the grade fives, but apparently Father Aaron's a little too advanced for this lesson. Please be fine, My son's trying to sleep. Okay, Matthew. Um, Hey, Matthew, why don't you go to bed? It's upstairs. Yeah. It's you can the sleep there. This is the bear room. It's not warm here. Okay. <laughs> so. I mean, it's not cold here. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah, we have heating issues, like turning on the heat. And, anyways, um, so where was I? So, anyways, when, when Jesus arrived on the shore, or when Peter arrived on the shore to Jesus, Jesus asked him three times, "Do you love me?" And by the third time, he was like, "I think I see where you're going now." He's like, "But Je- like Jesus, you know I love you." Right? The first right. time he said, yes, Jesus, I love you. Do, Peter, do you love me? Yes, I love you. Yes. The third time, Peter, do you love me? He's like, Lord, you know I love you. Right. Like, he thinking, oh, you don't believe me, right? And then at that point, boom, that was it. And then we are saying, how many times, we were talking about how many times did Jesus, was he denied by Peter? Three times. And now, yes. not only one time did he ask him, do you love me? 
but he gave him three chances to to fix those three I love yous. Those three I don't know you into three I love yous. Yes. Anyways, so the point is we're saying Peter and Judas both messed up. Messed up. Right. And and, and yeah, what Judas did was worse, right? I mean, selling someone out in that way, you know, literally orchestrating his arrest. But Peter's Peter, Jesus' best friend, you will, you know, on this yeah. rock, I will build this church, you know. Um, the one who was there, his inner circle, who was there for everything, totally bailed on him. Yep. Was warned he was going to bail on him and did it anyways. The one who claimed all through, oh, I will never, I will never, don't even go to Jerusalem. Like, let me, I will stop them. You know, he was the one who pulled out the sword and cut off the guy's ear. He was the one who was going to fight for Jesus until push came to shove and like some servant woman asked if he knew Jesus and he was afraid to tell her the truth. Yeah. You know? Punk, punk woman, like, like punking out Peter, the prince of the apostles. Well, I mean, it wasn't like... He was chickened out at He best. chickened out. Got, yeah, he totally chickened Not out. Not even right? like a massive... It wasn't like the, the strong, legion of armies. Yeah, like, yeah it was yeah. some servant like, I don't, I've seen you, right? So anyways, but... Peter responded to Christ's mercy, right? And Judas mm-hmm. despaired. Now, that's not exactly the message of divine mercy, of course, but um, that's, you know, the kid, when we were talking about thinking, can I ever pay back what I owe? We can't. That's the answer. No, we can't. We can never earn, or can I ever earn God's love? No. Well, what about my failures? Yeah. Yeah, you, you're going to fail. You suck. We all suck. You know? Mm-hmm. But, you know, St. Catherine of Siena, one of those magnanimous, incredible saints, you know, her thing was, you know, God told her, I am I am he who is and you are nothing. And that's amazing. And It's pretty blunt. There's something, you know, there's this... Um, Part of our like, self-esteem culture. Don't focus on the negative. Don't focus on your failures. Be you know, and y- y- yeah, I mean, there's certainly a problem with being so negative that all you can do is like loathe yourself, right? But it's true that we are all gonna screw up. It's true that we stick our foot in our mouth or we fall on our face, we embarrass ourselves, we sin, we do things that we can't stand about ourselves all the time, right? Who do we turn to with that? Do we say, you know, when I sin, do I think, that's it, forget it. I'm not cut out for this. I'm not cut out for, I'm not cut out to be a Christian. I'm not cut out to be a saint. I mean, our God, I think it depends on the sin, right? But I mean, we have to have that attitude. Are we going to say... Forget it. I'm done. I can't do this anymore. This is too hard for me. It depends on the sin. But yeah, uh, I mean, is, I mean, is that we, a reality? Is that, sure it is. No, is that the reality? But is that the right answer, right? Is that how we grow? I mean, we have to, I think we have to know that you know, God is love and God will forgive us. And we have to trust him, trust that he's not just going to be like, forget it. That's too far. You're done. You know, it's like the prodigal son. Like, that kid well, messed up huge. Okay. When he came back, his father ran to him. Right. And 
do we have that trust in God? Do mm. we, do we, we should, we're supposed to, you know? Are you asking That's... me if I have that trust or are you saying do we it. as a community? No, we well, should, I each of us individually. I do we really like the Divine Mercy Chaplet and I have no problem ever praying it and I never did. What was it like for you? Um, you never had a problem praying it? No. Okay, that's what you're saying. Um, well, you said I never did. You said I like it, but and I, I, you. The wording was kind of weird. Okay, no, yeah. Um, it was a weird transition point said, to another point. That and the point was we had been talking earlier. Yeah, well, and you had said I, something about. I thought you said I. I resisting love, the yeah, no, the thing um, or something. When I first and I was just lobbing that softball sure, over. Sure. Well, I. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't like I didn't have anything Judas. to offer. No, 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 I'm kidding. Um, it's fine. I didn't explain it well. It, it worked a lot better in catechism class. You guys should come to my catechism class. It's great, honestly. Um, anyways, uh, no. When I first heard, when I first heard of the devotion, to, I feel like I'm being lazy in this podcast. I'm not like chomping in and telling blah blah blah. It's okay. They're all here. So I'm not trying to critique you because I no. did critique you earlier. I guess I was did like, you? how does that fit in with no. what? Yeah. I'm going to be quiet now. <laughs> You're fine. I'm not giving him dagger eyes. My only offer in this thing is to say, oh, that story doesn't seem... Why don't you say story, Father, if it's so... You're fine, so... Father. You're fine, Father. This oh, is good. Um... <laughs> I'm going to get booted off one. this podcast. No, no, no. You're the host. You're Port the... City Catholic with Natasha Mezzerol <laughs> and Okay. <clears throat> yes. What was I saying? Yeah, so when I first heard of the Divine Mercy, the whole devotion, so there's the Novena, there's also... um. So the, there's Where can people find this? Okay. Oh, sorry, I just jumped in there like a spaz. <laughs> Trying to redeem myself. EWTN.com. EWTN, Divine Mercy. Just Google Divine Mercy, the Marian Fathers of Divine Mercy in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. Um, Folks, if you don't know what Divine Mercy is, none of this is going to really land home for you. You got to do a little bit of a little bit of work here. You yeah. got to you got to find out a little bit about what this is. It's yeah. that it really is that important. Yeah. And the Divine Mercy celebration also brings with it a plenary indulgence, which means that <laughs> if I can get father to hear my confession deal. at the end of the day, I'm sad. Yeah, it's it's huge. <laughs> we can record No, we can't record. <laughs> we can't record That's it. It's actually against canon law. Yeah. Um, but and then he also can't talk about it after the plenary indulgence. I'll be basically, you. you receive the. It's like a second baptism. It's you're that serious queen stuff. of sin. You you get the church has the storehouse of graces, which it applies uh, in this case to to somebody, and it takes not only like it, it generally in sin you are experiencing the effects of your sin as well, the temporary effects of your sin. That's just how it works. So you can you can receive forgiveness, but the temporary stuff is still there. This is how I understand this particular uh, grace, and and that is that with this the the uh, the immediate the temporary is even remitted somewhat. Anyway, yeah. it's so, a great thing, yeah. and you should know when somebody says, "Hey, uh, the Divine Mercy Chaplet." Uh, it shouldn't be blank stares back because there's grace, and it's easier than the rosary. It's the sh- it's it's the short a lot form of the ro- like it's... well so the divine mercy chaplet so um, okay right. so let me explain a little bit about the devotion then if that is helpful okay um, so Saint Faustina said that Jesus taught her um, a prayer for us to say and it's and it's similar to a rosary in terms of 
Yes. It's one prayer, then ten repeated prayers. It's prayed And the prayer the is, beads. Eternal Father, I offer you the body and blood, soul and divinity of your dearly beloved Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, in atonement for our sins and those of the whole world. And then the ten prayers are, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world. That uh, one prayer, for the sake of his sorrowful passion, have mercy on us and on the whole world, f- ten times in right, a row. Right, in a decade, yeah. yeah. And then you'd say that the entire set five times. Way faster than the rosary. Super fast. But anyways, that's not quite the point. <laughs> it kind of yeah. is, though. Because, anyway, go ahead. Okay. Yeah. So there's the chaplet, we call If you hear about the chaplet, that's what they're talking about. Which can also be sung. Yes. If you're in a... Today it was sung, and it was beautiful. Um, Very beautiful. Divine yes. Mercy Catholic Choir. Very yes, nice. Yes, yes. Um, so anyways, there's the chaplet. There's a novena. Are we done? Are we we're still going. Okay, okay. Um, so there's the chaplet, which is that particular set of prayers prayed on the rosary beads. There is a novena beginning Good Friday, and it's uh, every day of the of the novena, you offer the chaplet for an, a particular set of people. So for, for all the holy priests is one day, for all the souls in purgatory is one day, for all the people who do not know God yet is one day, for all the people who rejected God, who yep. knew him and left, like the fallen away people, for all the lukewarm souls. Yeah, um, that's right. That's the what last is a day. lukewarm soul? Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. What is it? So Jesus said, you know, Jesus said, to, well, you know, when you said last time we were talking about passions being lost in your passions that that saying it's better to be lost in your passions than to lose your passion it made me think of that so jesus said in the book of revelation either you know if you're hot or you're cold you're on fire with me or you're totally cold to me like i can i can handle that yeah but the lukewarm i will spit out of my mouth right um lukewarm are people who are you know they're you know, they're committed to identifying themselves as Christian, you know, mm. when it works for them. It's part of their identity. It kind right. of, you know, it's 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 a nice label. They like the social aspect. Maybe they like whatever. They like the peace they feel from going to church or something or whatever. There's something about that they like. But when it come, when push comes to shove, okay. they I don't. I got one. I got one for you. Waffly. Okay. Waffling, yeah. You're a waffly... When a person is lukewarm, when they're really waffly, they're not going to stand up. The backbone's not there. How yeah. about that? The backbone's not there. You know, um, ben, uh, Pope Benedict wrote... Let's go for three traits. I'm going to throw waffly okay. in. It's not the greatest trait to describe Well, it, I would but... say um, they're, they've lost their passion. They've lost so, their passion. Okay. Can they... you, is there an image with that or a... Uh... Well, they're not going to get... Fired up. So, for example, you know, we are to be performing the works of mercy. We are to, you know, defend the weak. And if you're like, eh, well, you know, eh, that's too bad. That's so me. <laughs> you know? <Next. laughs> um, lukewarm. I mean, you're just kind of meh, you know? Um, I like how you pointed out, like, something that I literally struggling with this oh, well week. so father maybe that's something that maybe that just came up for a reason that you can take that to prayer oh, okay. um, lukewarm um so pope benedict wrote that it it's only natural that if your philosophy of life let's call that for right. a lot of people like christianity would be like the sort of life philosophy yeah you will as long as that suits you you if it's just a philosophy as yeah. long as it suits you that's fine but when something 
urgent comes up or push comes to shove, of course you're going to reject it for something better. Example? So, for example, you know, um, yeah, I'm happy to be a Christian, but just say all of a sudden they're saying you've got to sign this form and check the box if you want to get funding from the government. And you're like, well, eh, yeah, I can check this box because, you know, I'm not going to like, turn down a chance to hire several summer students because of this. Like, that's just kind of foolish. This is a private issue. It's not, you know, there you go. Or, um, <sighs> I mean, thanks be to God, we do not live in a time of of true persecution in our country. Like, we do not right. have, I mean, yeah. I'm we, glad you put in in our country. In our country, in our country, great. right? But there are people in other parts of the world and in other eras where yeah. living your faith would lead to martyrdom, does lead to martyrdom, right? And, I mean, there were, there have always been people who would recant their faith um, when their job was threatened when their life was threatened, and I'm not questioning anybody who like recanted their faith because their life was threatened. But I mean, there's a lot of, of things before that where people would, would you know, it's kind of scary, give up their faith yeah, or recant like, it at least. Oh, I won't talk about it. How do we it. know until we're put in these situations? Yeah, anyway, exactly. I so wanna, I, I don't want to, I don't yeah. want to, don't want to, don't want to criticize anyone who's been in that situation. But 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 let's talk about other little things along the way. Like with kids, you know, oh, well, I don't want my kids, my friends to know that I go to church, you know, or yeah. with adults. I mean, guilty here when I was in graduate school, you know, it was not, it was not looked upon with very respectfully to be a practicing Christian. It was kind of okay to be Catholic because it was kind of just like a cultural thing. It was like being Italian or something, right? It was to be Catholic. Right. But to actually mean it and believe it was like, <laughs> you know, and, um, <laughs> It was, um, you know, and, and that was certainly something that I failed at. Like, I, I was embarrassed. I was, like, a, I was ashamed of Christ. Y- yeah. That you would know? be a, that would be an excellent. And, yeah. Yeah, an excellent you know, because definition of lukewarm in part might be just ashamed of Christ. I don't want to yeah, stick you, out. I don't want to yeah, stick out. Yeah, you only, you know, you want to be Nails Christian when it's stick out, get pounded. I don't want to get, I don't want to get... Yeah, so that would be part of it. Yeah. So anyways, so Benedict said this, right? But, but. What did he say? He said that if it's only a philosophy, you're not going to die for it. You're not going to risk your life. You're not going to give everything. You know what bugs me though? Did he go out of his way to say, and I'm going to throw my hat now on the floor. Like really not, not hard, but like a little floppy um, self-pity throw with my hat. Did he bother? (laughs) There it is. Did he did he bother to say what you're supposed to do to avoid being dumb, like avoid well, being lukewarm? Did he, he did he bother to say? He did, okay, well, he wasn't talking about Luke. He was talking about just the. Okay, what was he saying? He was again? talking because it sparks up. Okay. I threw my hat. I couldn't even get it back now. He was talking um, just about the idea that if I'm a whether, big whether, Benedict okay, sixteen fan. Whether, by the way. Okay, huge. I'm trying to think if it was. One of the Jesus Damn. of Nazareth books that he said this in, but um, here's the here's the idea. You know, it's like the thing with the, the disciples. Yeah, okay. The right. disciples, you don't, or the, the martyrs, you don't die for nothing. You don't just die for nothing. They die, they, they risk their lives because they believed it. It was the truth. It was an encounter with Christ, the risen Lord, and it was true. They know Jesus and they know God's love is better than anything this temporal world offers. And they know it. They know it. They know it. They know it. They know it is truer than truth. They know it's the truest thing. They know it is 
They know if they know nothing else in life, they know that is true. And so for that, they're willing to risk their lives. For that, they're willing to die. For that, they're willing to give up family and friends and riches and everything because that they know is true. Now, there are a lot of people in the world who are, well, we're all, you know, we all have worldviews. We're all shaped by the world views around us. So, I mean, a lot of us, you know, um, are born into either a, into like either an atheistic worldview or a Christian Catholic worldview or a Baptist worldview or a Muslim worldview, whatever, usually what your parents and your community are, right? And that's going to shape you. Um, that's not the same as having met God yet. That's just like sort of what you're raised in, right? You're raised in okay. being taught about the faith and then you will encounter Christ as you, as you go, right? Um, now it can be something very dramatic or it can be something very gradual, but as you grow in, in your faith, at some point you will, you yourself will no longer be going based on the stories you've been told, but because you have encountered Christ okay. and you know he's real, right? But there are a lot of people who never bother or care or seek to get to that point perhaps, or, or maybe they're not even aware aware or but the point is they can have a worldview and they they can have philosophy about what's good and bad how they got to live their life like for example i think it's really important to uh, let's say recycle it's really you don't think it's important I don't, though so don't i use don't that one. i used to i used to be really huge about recycling and stuff yeah. now i'm like it's really kind of useless unfortunately especially now with the whole thing with china i remember grade seven and grade eight science class that was like the hugest thing you got to recycle yeah anyways just so people are halifax got it but anyway st john well, recycling sitting in piles it's not going anywhere it's just kind of a scam but anyways um yeah and i mean it was like to, so just say recycling we'll say as an example right? I, hate, you, I can't use recycling okay because um, it doesn't matter to you so it's not gonna it's not gonna feel the same right no but that's the point it, it doesn't matter to me that's the point it doesn't have to no here's my point okay so you can think i mean i do think it's good to minimize the amount of garbage we make i do think it's important so let's say that, to minimize the amount of garbage we make. I don't like to use paper dishes. I like to use glass dishes and wash them, even if we're having like 50 people over. I'd rather do that. I don't like using styrofoam cups and paper plates. I used to be to the point where I would be like, go to someone's house, they're having like the styrofoam plates, and I'm like, I'm getting a glass plate out from your cupboard, and I'm going to wash it myself. I was a bit obnoxious, but <laughs> anyways, but that's, it was that important to me, okay? okay? Um, and uh, anyways, so again, with the recycling thing, I mean, I have other issues with that too, but I would say, like, you know, don't make the waste in the first place. Use use actual reusable products, blah, blah, blah. Anyways, but so that could be my philosophy. That's important <clears throat> not to produce a lot of waste. Okay. But that's not a life guiding philosophy. If I was at, you know, the hospital um, and they brought my food on a disposable tray, I'm not going to freak out and say, take this back and bring it back to me on a glass plate. If I was hungry, I wasn't going to refuse to eat because it came in a plastic wrapper. You know what I mean? It was it was a good guiding idea to minimize waste. Okay. But I'm it wasn't going to change I'm my life. Yeah. It wasn't going to change my life, right? People can be that way about morality too. Or they can be that way about what they see as Christianity. Oh, it's important to go to church on Sundays. Oh, unless I have hockey tournament. It's important to go to church on Sundays. Oh, unless I'm not... Yeah, you know, unless I I'm had a big party up. the night before. Yeah. It's important to, um, you know, to stand up for what you believe in, unless maybe you're not going to get that job promotion because your boss hates Christians. Or, you know, and that's what Benedict Matthew is just saying. Snored. Matthew snoring, yeah. Um, I can't believe he's asleep while we're like... Talking, yeah. Blabbing. 
he's a he's a kid he knows how to tune me out <laughs> you'll learn the skill of tune father <laughs> if you haven't already um so that's what he was talking about like i mean a philosophy an idea it's useful but one yeah but you're not gonna go too far out of your way you will until you get to the point where you're like it's not worth it but so what he's saying is that with for, christ would you go as, but christ would you, yeah if you know him right it's like a parent with a with their child. I mean, okay, if my dog ran out into the middle of a busy highway, I'm not going to chase after him. I love my dog, but I'm not going to run. I'm not going to risk my life to run after him. If my that son dog? runs out, no. <laughs> that dog. We love you, puppy. Um, but Holy. if my but if my kid ran out into the highway, the dog whose best thing about them is their name. Yes, Holy. named after the saint. Yes, we need the <laughs> saint's intercession to keep our dog here. Um, but Ooh. if my if my kid ran out into the traffic, yeah, I'm going to run out after him. I'm going to, like, say, let the bus hit me, not my kid, right? Like, but... Yeah. You know, or, or you know, if, or, on, you know... But, by, by, but... Okay, okay but so that's an example, thing. right? I want I mean, to do something okay. real quick. Would you go so far as to say that Judas was living the philosophy? As opposed... And so was Peter. And then something happened afterwards well, that grounded Peter into something. Well, I think while it, Judas was well, Judas never had the encounter with dead. the risen Lord, right? Right. Peter did, and and I mean, yeah, I mean, when 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 Jesus died, they were all so freaked out, scared, and confused. Totally. What? They were lukewarm to the extreme. No, I don't think it was a lukewarm thing. I don't think that was lukewarm. Lukewarm would be the guys who didn't bother to follow him at all. Who were like, oh, yeah, that's great. Jesus healed me. Okay, whatever. The ones who didn't bother to do anything. They weren't lukewarm. No, okay. They were like, have we been following a lie? Like, okay, what yeah. the? You're like, right. What's going on, right? Yeah. yeah. What is going on? I don't Which, think yeah. doubt is lukewarm. I don't think fear is lukewarm. I think people who are like, eh, whatever. Indifference is indifferent is lukewarm. Okay? Okay. Um, but here's the question is the same. How do you get out of that? You have to encounter Christ. Okay. Which begs the question. How do you encounter Christ? Yep. Well. And serious prayer. What question would you ask? Yeah, like what have you ever asked? No, that's not what I want to ask. Yeah. So So how do you how do you do this? How does one do this thing? So And I'm not thinking that you have an answer to it. I'm just saying From what I've heard from you know, the from saints, what reading saints and reading different things on this topic, is um well you have to have a serious prayer life. Prayer has to be like the most important part of your day. It has mm. to be. It has to be. Has to be. Has to be. Has to be. That's what no, I say. Come on. Yeah. No, say. I'm just gonna reject that out of hand. Why? Because you're a mom. Changing the cat litter might be the most spiritual thing that you do. In I did day. say that, but I'm praying when I'm doing it. No, I do prayer to me. Honestly, I can say as a mom, um, the days that I don't pray are messes. Yeah. Total messes. But that's not because. The day was a mess, and I didn't have time to pray. I didn't. I always pray in the morning before my kids get up. As I didn't pray this morning, and the rest of the day was just like just kaput. Okay. Okay. 
Hey, we're back, everybody. So <clears throat> this is the wrap-up now for this particular interesting episode of Port City Catholic. And um, <laughs> uh, so what were you saying? <laughs> no, no. I was just going to say, we yeah, closing thoughts or final thoughts on this particular topic. Talking about, um, we were saying, I was talking about the importance of prayer. We were talking about how do we live in an encounter with Christ or how do we get that encounter with Christ, right? Well, yes. How do we maintain it? Um, I mean, prayer. We have to pray. We have to pray. We have to show up. We have to show God we're serious by showing up. And he, he comes and he comes out and talks to us. Like he, he speaks to us. And there's my dog speaking to us now. Not like God at all. Um, um, we're just going to go south. Um, okay, and then... Um, Knowing church teachings, knowing scripture. Right. Oh, don't let him. Yeah. No, no, oh, close the other door. door. Yeah. Um, knowing church, knowing scripture, um, knowing the gospel, especially, and um, knowing the teachings of the church. But um, the are other... you serious? We're, we're, you think we're going to go south right now? No, I just the, should the I dog jump thing, in and the dog thing rescue it? No. Okay. Um, no, not that you couldn't, but I mean, it was just a dog thing. Whatever. No. Um, and then the last thing is. Um, the church itself, not just the teachings of the church, but the people of the church, like spiritual friendship, um, direction, having wise friends who can who can lead you, like much like <laughs> me leading you, just kidding, <laughs> <laughs> or you leading me, or whatever. <laughs> no, no, but no, I'm joking about that. Um, but no, but seriously though, spiritual friendship, um, spiritual mentorship, or direction, or having a solid confessor, you know, all those things are tools, but just friendship, just having people you do life with, right? People who you, who, people who, when you love them, you feel Christ there. You know, that's important. And people, and just even your, and your family, it starts with your, like, you know, loving your family and, and, you know, you know, as simple as that, that morning offering, we were talking, I'm not sure if this caught recorded or not but someone who has a sort of a simple life maybe doesn't have a highfalutin like studying intellectual things all their life but just making a morning offering and meaning it like oh my jesus i offer you all my thoughts and words prayers and works joys and sufferings of this day for the intention of your most sacred heart like if you if you can say that and mean it wow that's uh wow if you can say that and mean that and get through the day and say yep yep all day, all my thoughts, words, prayers, sufferings, sufferings, all that. Yep, they were in board. Like, well, welcome to sainthood. You're, you know, you're, uh, you're ready to go hang out <laughs> with the saints, right? I mean, and that is, I think, when they talk about sort of, you know, this, you know, how like, being overly intellectual can be a stumbling block, right? But just, I mean, living it, living out practically your faith. And you can have a very simple faith and a simple life, but if you believe that and you can do that, like that is very mature. That's very spiritually mature, and um, and I don't think you can achieve that without practicing it, <laughs> and you can't achieve mm-hmm. it without praying it and believing, sure. believing that that's a worthwhile life to live. So getting back to that philosophy idea, like you have to, where humans are made to search for meaning, right? Like God has put that desire to find the truth. You know, we are hungry for knowing what are we living for? Too many people, I think, in our life, in, like, in this day and age, where it's so easy to go by, it's too easy to be complacent, not question those big questions, like what am I here for? What is life? What is, you know, what, ha- you know, 
we think what happens after I die, but you know, what, what is a life well lived? And I think we have found the answer is a life well lived is to be lost in Christ, to be lost, to like lose our life, surrender our life to him. That true freedom is not yeah, what do I'm I just, want. I'm nodding. I true, agree with you. You know, Absolutely. the true freedom yep. is being. I'm nodding and realizing, life. wait, they can't see the nodding on the podcast. <laughs> He's nodding very, very solemnly solemnly yes yes He's still smoldering but solemnly nodding smoldering. affirmation what are you smoldering about because god doesn't do what i want him to do that's why but no the thing is father aaron father aaron has to do what god wants you to do not what father aaron wants to do yes i have thoughts about that too but you know what but don't I be discouraged well. about those thoughts because <laughs> the thing is it's it was easy for us to will it. It wouldn't be an issue. We have to conquer our wills, right? It doesn't come natural. And if you think, I'm going to wait for it to come natural before I start doing it, it's not going to happen. So there's so, that's, 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 the trust word is so key for divine mercy, right? Yeah. Jesus, I trust in, not in myself. I don't trust in the works that I can do. You don't trust in this clever schemes you can I, work I, to get that's around right. this. I don't, I don't trust in how great of uh in intellect i am i don't trust in how many followers i have on facebook i don't trust in how effective my podcasting skills are i don't trust in my great homilies or lack thereof you don't i trust, trust in jesus yeah. i trust in him um you don't trust in how you yeah. feel about it you don't trust yourself to be able to judge yeah by your I feelings t- as, yeah you know? i definitely tend to go with, with feelings i'm a big feeling guy but yeah it's all my Guy? Sometimes guyish girl. <laughs> you have the truck, so I guess. I am manly. <laughs> All right, so from. Off topic, yeah. Okay, so. So, so, so yeah, to trust. A, a final word. No, sorry, go ahead. No, but I mean, like what you're saying is like, yeah, it's about trust to say, do I really believe that Christ is everything? God is everything? That I don't have anything better going on in my life? I don't have anything that is so important that I can't give it up if God asks me to. I, I don't have any, there's no pleasure, t- temporal or even long-term. Do I really believe that nothing, nothing in my life is more important to me than Christ? That's the question we have to ask ourselves, right? I mean, my comfort right now, my ability to like risk wasting half an hour sitting in silence when I'm not sure God's going to show up. Do I really believe it's worth wasting that time anyway? Potentially wasting it. Do I really believe, you know, do I really believe that? Do I really believe that sitting and doing something that I hate and makes me uncomfortable, just like uncomfortable and icky and, but I really, but, but I know that but you I'm should just pray more. Yeah. I'm not trying to say that facetiously, but no, no, I'm not saying that. But yeah. I'm saying, but in that moment, yeah, the only like the only answer. No, is I'm not even saying that. I'm just saying, what would you? Yeah. What would I say? Well, it would drive you crazy, right? You'd blow. You'd if you were sharing something so so deep and personal, and I think that's even happened to you before. You said where somebody did literally say to you, "Oh, we'll just praise more." And you're like, yeah. I pray enough. I don't yeah. want to pray anymore. And then, and then your friend said, Well, no. The the person said, Praise. Yeah, when more. I was struggling. Yeah, when I was struggling with them. And it really elevated depressed, yeah. your heart, and, yeah. your, and it elevated your life. Yeah, yeah. I guess. 
that like... um that trust for me like i'll be honest with you i i i believe that the christian thing because it's true that's why i believe it mm-hmm. i continue to believe it because it's the most exciting way to live a life mm-hmm. okay yeah because i have experienced and this is completely subjective so i'm not saying everybody's got to believe this i'm saying why for me mm-hmm. part of it is because i've experienced god um speaking to me through a sunset i'm coming across the gondola through a sunset, through a sunset. Oh, okay. like today i'm coming across the gondola point ferry and i i think i was worried about being late because i didn't even know where i was to get here right yeah um coming from a friend's house in a bonfire um and i'm just caught off guard by the beauty yeah. that i see yeah now am i gonna go back to some form of believing that all of that is wow oh, well that's just a mistake in neurons bumping into yeah. neurons that's so ridiculous to me that's so yeah. boring yeah and like i said this is subjective i don't expect other people to to believe this but I believe, if I were to finish the question, I believe that Christian in Christianity because, I would say because, I believe, and I ask this question of myself when I'm angry, I ask it when I feel discombobulated, uncertain of where I'm going, just like I don't even know where I'm going right now and sharing this, but it's part of <laughs> the truth, where I'm just like, okay, my grounding question recently has been, I believe that Christianity, this thing, this project, this journey that I'm on is real or true because, and it refocuses, my answer comes in from the heart and it refocuses my mind to be like, yeah, I'm not focused on what's going wrong anymore. I'm focused on why this is so good, Yeah. why I believe. Yeah. And it's because it's real to me, because yeah. it's more exciting to live this way than any other way. Anyway, yeah, I have to that's say, a total, yeah. I don't know how we got there from trust in no, Jesus No, it's true, though, because you can't... Frustration with prayer. But, it's easy to, know. again, like a worldview philosophy type of thing, blah, blah, blah. You can have a philosophy, but if you don't believe it's the truth, you're going to yeah. give it up when, when push comes to shove, right? I got I like, it's not well stated. I, I probably need to write and think about this more, but I don't even know why all that came out. But all I can think of is we're Port City Catholic, the best darn podcast coming out of St. John by Catholics right now. <laughs> Coming out of my living room, at least, of those ones. Because <laughs> you should hear the ones that came out that were terrible. That was just, no, but yeah, I think if I can have a little concluding thought that, yeah, I mean, uh, today, again, when we were talking in catechism, um, I, we said, why do we say the, the Apostles' Creed when we start the rosary or when we say, when we start the Divine Mercy Chaplet? And um, to remind us, what is this? What is this that we believe? And that's important. We have to know who is this God? Who is this we're, we're, we're pledging to follow with everything we've got? Who is this we're pledging that we lay their life, our life down for? Yeah. That we're putting all our trust in? We have to remind ourselves. We have to say that creed just to remind ourselves of what, who, I said, 
maybe some people say, who's God? Oh, he's, you know, when I die, I'll go live in cotton candy heaven. Like you, you called me out on saying you can run faster than a truck. I don't know that, right? That's, I'm not pinning my hopes on that. But I mean, some people have some pretty crazy wacky ideas about, about the afterlife and say, well, I believe in God and this is what I believe, right? Well, we, it's important to, to kind of just define your terms a little. So that's why I think the Apostle Creed is so, Apostles Creed is that's why it's part of those those prayers that we say um but yeah i have to say too i'm nodding my head as well nod nod boing boing um i had an encounter with the lord i you know at, at the time like of when i kind of bolted back into my faith and i was like and yeah when i'm having a rough time i'm like but i knew in that moment i knew he was real I knew he was the God of the Bible. I knew he was the creator of the universe. And I'm like, Phew. it doesn't matter how I feel. That's who he is. It doesn't matter if I feel like it today. I know, I know he's real. I know what's coming. Like, I know that this Christianity, this, the church, everything about it, I know it's true. And so. Yeah, I think it comes out in the way that you live. But you, you I mean, like, if you if you knew there was going to be a storm tomorrow, you might not want to think about it, but you're going to get yourself prepared for it, right? If you knew that, like, you know, if you know something is true, the storm being judgment. No, I'm, no, I'm not talking no. about that. Just, oh, okay. just say, like, you know, you're in a in a in a, in a hurricane path, and they say, no, like, you have to get out of here. There's a hurricane coming. You might not. You might be afraid of hurricanes. You might not like dealing with hurricanes. You might not want to put up your storm windows. You might think, oh, it's going to be inconvenient, but you're going to go. Right, you're gonna be like, I gotta get out of here. Well, most people will be yeah. will be like that. They're gonna be faced with the evidence, and they're like, well, I might not like it, but I have to. I have to go. Or if the cops arrest you and they're saying you're going to jail, well, you might not like it, but that's where you're going, right? Um, I mean, when you encounter something and you realize it's real, burying your head in the sound in the sand is foolish, right? <laughs> Using the jail and the storm was not. Oh, my son snoring was not meant to be. A, anything to do with Christianity whatsoever <laughs> kind of there's connected um no but um but uh, yeah but I mean and that's for me so I can you know saying you know it's real like that for me ultimately fundamentally I know it's true so what else can I do it's true it's true so when, when something's true you behave according to the truth yeah absolutely right yeah Otherwise, the only problem is in what we're both mentioning is that it's subjective, isn't it? Well, God does reach, like you said, the sunset, like to me too, like certain things in nature really stir my heart. Other people, you know, it's a painting, other people, so uh, different parts, forms of beauty, truth, um, goodness, like different things, those transcendental things that just strike you and you're like, there's something more than just the material here, right? right? And so, yes, it's subjective, it's personal to you, but as you look into it, as you look into it and explore it, it's not contradictory to the faith of our fathers. It's not contradictory to the teachings of the church, right? And so you can test it against those things. Yeah. Like people have visions that... You know, we're supposed to test these things because you might have a vision that's deluding you or it might just be something you ate too much cheese and now you're having, you know, crazy dreams and indigestion, right? I mean, we have to test it. If, if we think we've received a message right. in prayer and it's telling us to do something totally contrary to scripture or to the church, yep. then it's, you know, anyone who knows anything will tell you, okay, well then... Yeah, that's not that wasn't 
that wasn't from God, right? So yeah, it's objective because we're individuals and God loves us each as individual people. Like he loves, and he'll, he'll, he'll use circumstances. Like, you know, you can go, I'm sure you've had this as a priest where you give a homily and most of the people are kind of like, oh, and one person will come up to you after and say, Father, you have no idea what you said. Like you said something, it reminded me of my grandmother and this, and like, they're just like totally bowled away and you're like, wow, like, praise God, but you weren't thinking about that, that yes. right? Yet God was able to use your good good homily, mm-hmm. you know, your good holy homily to whatever, just use your yeah, words that's, to that's, blow something. Yeah. And so it was subjective to her, but you weren't making up stuff. No. You weren't lying, right? So, I mean, I think that in terms of subjectivity, certain things based on our personality, yep. based on our histories, based on ourselves are going to just like boom like spark it's like yep. why why does one person fall in love with somebody and someone else doesn't right um it's there's something about whatever it is that god uses to stir your heart so just because the sunset stirred your heart if it didn't stir my heart i can't say well pff, whatever it's not like that right or i can't be like well, well therefore you, the whole thing's subjective i think you could I, yeah i think you could say that I, I couldn't say you it didn't stir your heart. You could dismiss it out I, of hand. Well, I mean, yeah, that's true. For I guess yourself. I could. Right. Yeah, for, that's true. For you, you yeah, say it doesn't say, apply. It doesn't apply to me, but I wouldn't deny me. that it moved you. No. And that's part of that's subjectivity. That's the definition of yeah, that's true. Right? That's true. But at In the same time, but I wouldn't say, yeah. well, because it moved you and not me, therefore it counts for nothing. But if you said the Divine Mercy Chaplet wasn't better than most other things, I'd say you're objectively wrong. Okay. To bring it all the way yeah, back yeah. to first base. Yeah, and honestly, what I was going to say about the Divine Mercy Chaplet, when I first heard it, I felt like it was so prescriptive. And I'm like, if Divine Mercy is supposed to be about God giving us his mercy, why is he giving us so many rules around <laughs> yeah, this that's thing? That's great. That's really what I thought. That was yeah. my first reaction. Um, <laughs> like, Shouldn't be written down. It felt down. legalistic. It felt so legalistic to me. But now I realize like, it's, just a, it's just like an intentional examination of what mercy is and how really helpless we are outside of outside of him and um sometimes we need some structured exercises to absolutely bring our brain to that and that's how i see it now and that's it that's That's how i see it it. you know it's a reorientation it's an inner compass reorientation a few minutes of like you say structure back to some better yeah, focus, focus to focus somehow. your thought yeah, yeah. On, on what's And I'm not talking about, oh, now I can sit down and write that chapter of the book that I haven't written yet or the article. I'm talking about just for myself, yeah, like a like a a better rootedness. Yeah, like knowing who you yeah, really are. A little bit, yeah. And and so subtle sometimes, but always better and um it's it's shorter. <laughs> it, is, it, it, it is short. It me. does. It does. It's done. Sometimes right? the rosary is a bit daunting because of the time. The yeah, time it's period, not right? meant to be, you yeah. know, introspective, yeah. which which is is part of it. So that's my thoughts on it. Let's wrap it. Give a blessing, Father. Okay. What have I been thinking of for blessings lately? There's something particular. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, no. Okay. So I think just during Lord during this Easter season, I just pray for each person listening that you would um, find yourself drawn by the Lord closer to Jesus, the Son who is risen from the dead, 
who has overcome uh, everything that we have to fear, who's gone before us and, uh, and made a way for us. And so during this Easter season that we might be, you know, impressed by joy and the power of that joy. Um, in the uh, Eucharistic prayer, all of the earth is exultant with joy. Man, I wish we could just say that and that'd be mass done. <laughs> all of the earth is exultant with joy. Friends, go back home and think about that. Here's communion. <laughs> um, yeah, the Lord is coming with this, with this, with this joy, with this reality. You know, um, the Easter uh, this praises of that of the candle. Let this holy building shake with joy. The church cries out in these first words of the year. Um, so I just pray that, uh, that we recapture some of that over this stretch of 50 days, um, two months basically of sitting in that, in that joy. And I just, I'm thankful for the opportunity to be around. Although like Paul says, I would like to be with the Lord, <laughs> but if being here means, <laughs> Being able to do some good, then that's great too. But um, I think there's also that desire to draw close to Christ. So to all of you listeners um, and new podcasters, I hope. I hope this is inspiring you to to write poems, to write in some way, to speak, to sing, to create, to do art, and to put it out there in the new media. Or even don't put it out there. Even just show it to your friends. Even just don't show it to them. I'm going to tell you something. Kurt Vonnegut wrote a letter. These kids wrote him a letter. Like Who? The, Kurt Vonnegut, the author. Like, I don't know. Slaughterhouse Five. No. Nope. What's it called? You know, okay. Anyways, he's um well-known. He's American. a big deal. Big deal. Big deal. Um, I, I, it's not called Slaughterhouse. Is it Slaughterhouse Five or Nine or something? Anyways, he um, these kids wrote him like a fan letter and asked if he could come to their classroom. And he said, oh, well, I'm too old for this, but here's what I'm going to tell Here's what I hope your teacher does. I hope she assigns you all to go home and make art. Write a poem. Write, it doesn't no, have to be a poetry. They had to write a poem. It had to rhyme and had to be really good. And then they were not allowed to throw it to anyone, to show it to anyone. They had to tear it up, rip it into a million pieces, throw it in the garbage, like all over town so, the gar- so no one could piece back together. And then... The teacher should give them an A for doing it. <laughs> and and he is like, because by creating art, just expressing yourself, by doing that that activity, that will renew you. That will change you. That'll make that will make art in the world. You know, so many things as Christians, like we do things and nobody and sometimes as a parent and as like someone who's like sort of running a house, like you feel like no one's even noticing. And you can get you can trick yourself into being despaired by no one's gonna notice if I clean this room. No one's gonna care if I do this. No one's gonna know. You know, it doesn't have any outward checkbox it doesn't have any uh outward um you know all of us who have like sort of missionary aspects of our life or apostolates the outward measurement can look so important no one's going to know know if i prayed this morning no one's going to know if you know if i wasted half a day talking to this one guy who's struggling you know that isn't going to show up in paperwork that's a temptation that we can believe that that's what matters right so i mean yeah, creating art, being creative, like reflecting on what, on what God is doing in your life and like expressing that through some kind of creativity, which is really what art is, just create creative expression, right? Um, I yeah, wish... if you can share it, share it. But if you can't, you don't I wish you could see the God. conviction on this woman's face right now. This should be televised. 
send money if you need to. We can get you. We get this. I don't want to be on television. Actually. I much prefer this. Yeah. So there it is, friends. Um, you got conviction in spades here. This is where you need to tune in to. Uh, you don't need to. I'm. You totally don't need to. But you should be convicted to tune into Port City Catholic. Yeah, and Amen. To, and I'm gonna start to tune into my life. Okay, we're done. God bless you. <laughs> Good night. <laughs>